Hey, hey, welcome to the Sports Reverence Podcast. We're going to start in some unfamiliar territory today in the world of NASCAR. I'm going to talk about this guy named Richard Petty. He's known as the king when it comes to the world of NASCAR. And statistically, no one is even close to touching the number of championships and wins he's had throughout his storied career. I don't care much about NASCAR, but I wanted to bring up Richard Petty because in 1972, in this newspaper article, he was quoted once saying, If you ain't trying to cheat a little, you ain't likely to win much. And that got taken by another television character, and he turned it into his motto to a common phrase you've probably heard before is if you ain't cheating you ain't trying now with all the stuff going on in the baseball world today i wanted to know if you fall on the side of if you ain't cheating you ain't trying or if cheaters never prosper and we're going to get into all that today we got to talk about the baseball stuff we're going to talk about zion's debut we're going to talk about which is canada's favorite or top hockey team and of course we're going to get into the super bowl If you don't know who I am, my name's Dan. I'm with my other sports reverend. You know who he is. My name's Drew. We're no experts, but we are the sports reverends. All right, Drew. Drew, why don't you give us a little recap now on what's going on in the world of baseball? Baseball in January. <clears throat> well, I know. It's weird to be talking about baseball in January, but unless you've been living under a rock or don't follow sports, I'm sure you've heard of uh, the sign-stealing controversy with the Houston Astros. So sign-stealing has been going on forever. Um, That basically falls under if you ain't ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But uh, Houston Astros took it to a whole new level of um, actually using cameras set up in the center field uh, stands to look in and see what the pitches uh, were coming. And then they would send it to their uh, their clubhouse and a guy would bang on a garbage can. Uh, if you would bang twice, an off-speed pitch was coming. And there's actually videos of this I was watching the other day, and it's actually crazy how fast um, they would get the information. And uh, so they went on to win the World Series in 2017. And and then Alex Cora, who was the bench coach at the time, went to the Red Sox, and they won the World Series the next year. And people are thinking that he used the same tactics there. And, yeah, it seems like every day new stuff is coming out. Uh, players are getting, getting yelled at, and ex-players are losing their jobs as managers. And, and yeah. yeah, it's just... Uh, it's crazy. The manager from the Astros is uh, banned for a year, and the general manager, I, th- I believe, yeah, from the Astros. They're fined five million, so, and they lost their first two picks of twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. So I think yeah. the punishment was pretty decent. Yeah, it's a it's a big punishment. Um, I'd like to see the players get punished, but yeah, apparently. Uh, when they started doing the investigation, like there's too many players involved to pick out individual players. So basically the whole team was on board. And I guess they can't suspend a whole team. But uh, yeah, go ahead. This, this comes to say 
do you so LA City Council they have proposed the idea of stripping the the Astros and the Red Sox of their World Series and getting pronounced as the champions because they were the ones who lost in the World Series. Yeah, that's never going to happen. Definitely never going to going to happen. But we are you on board at all with them being stripped of the World Series title and just no one no one wins that year? Or just an asterisk by their name in the record books? Yeah, I don't know. Like cheating's been a part of baseball forever. Like you have the steroid era. Yeah. Obviously they have asterisks besides their beside their name. Barry Bonds' record uh-huh. uh, for home runs. Um, yeah, I don't think they need to get stripped of it. Um, yeah, it, it's something that people will know, and maybe it, maybe one day they'll have an asterisk beside their name. But I don't know. Like as a like I played baseball. Yeah. Not, not good baseball. But you played at a collegiate level baseball. You know baseball. You. Yeah. I know baseball, and and to be honest, sign stealing is part of every team's strategy. If you can get an edge, if if a pitcher is uh, tipping his pitches, meaning like when he throws a different pitch, maybe he winds up a little different, maybe he drags his foot. But in baseball, like I I take this stand even with the steroid guys, like you have to be able to hit a curveball, like. You have to be able to hit pitches. It's not like just because you know what's coming, you're able to hit home runs. Like these guys are super talented players. I think they just took it to a whole new level with this camera setup. Uh, yeah, you're breaking you're breaking unwritten rules, uh, and maybe they are written rules. I don't know of uh, how it's done because normally how we would steal signs is you have a guy out at if you have a guy on second base right so he's got view of what the catcher's putting down right and if a fastball's coming maybe you put your hands on your knees and if it's not you don't like just little stuff like that but you still have to be able to hit the pitch like i remember having guys stealing signs out at second base they they would give me the signal or whatever but it's still like you're still facing 90 mile an hour fastballs or curveballs that drop out of nowhere. Like you but still you have knew, to be able to hit the pitches. If you knew exactly what the pitch was every time, it just obviously gives you better. Yeah. It gives you an advantage. Um, but like I said, the Astros took it to a whole new level of, yeah. because they could do it when no one was on base. Mm-hmm. They, they can do it um, all through all situations of the game. So, um, but it, it's also on the offensive side or the, sorry, the pitching and the catcher, uh, to mix up their signs, go to different signs, uh, when you know that the team is caught on to what your signs are, because it's not as simple as, uh, every, every team has different signs for True. pitches. And so, I guess they like, it's not like it's a, it's an automatic win either because, the Astros had lost a bunch of times now. The Red Sox obviously lost. And Washington is the last winner from it all, right? So yeah. it's not a it's not 100% you're going to win. Yeah. But it definitely is a egregious right. 
disruption of the rule and gives you an advantage that is like but it's so hard like with this stuff in baseball because even in the steroid era like people talk about oh Barry Bonds is on steroids and that's why he could hit all these home runs but half the pictures were on steroids too True. so like over a hundred like over a hundred people were caught right yeah and that's just the ones that were caught because the ones mm-hmm. that aren't very good don't get caught because who cares Except for this one guy named Derek Jeter, who was just inducted to the Hall of Fame on a 99.7% vote. That's what yeah. I think adds to a little bit of his legacy, because he's one of the guys that... He lived in New York. How many years did he play? Never messed around with like getting into trouble. Even when he had conflict, it turned into like he was a good, wholesome kind of guy. It's pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, he's one of the classiest players to ever play the game. So do you uh, not think Derek Jeter deserves to be unanimous in there, or should he got the that one vote that kept him from being a unanimous select, selection? Like, baseball voters are, like, this is their one, one time a year where they actually get recognized. So um, I understand why they do it. Like, like, Babe Ruth wasn't unanimous, like, I think he, 11 people didn't vote for him. Hmm. Um, like some of these guys, like uh, Mickey Mantle, like no one, no one has been a unanimous other than uh, Mariano Rivera. And I understand their reasoning. If you have a guy that you know is going to get into the Hall of Fame, uh, some of these voters will uh, put their vote on a guy that they believe deserves to stay on the ballot. Mm. because you have to get a certain percentage to stay on for the next year. Oh, I see. In Hall of Fame voting. So maybe, like, that's how, that's what happened to Larry Walker this year, and congratulations to Larry Walker on getting in. But this was his last year of eligibility Yeah. to get in. And I believe he went from having 25% of the vote uh, last year um, and this was his 10th year. So last year, if he didn't get in this year with 75%, he wasn't going to be on the ballot next year. Wow. So voters then will actually change their, uh, change their votes because this is his last year to get in. He needs to get the votes and he got in with 76% of the vote. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Canadian, Canadian boy. Make it yeah. to the hall. Definitely, definitely a, a worthy a worthy guy, the Hall of Fame, uh, career 300 hitter, won a league MVP. The one knock against him was he played a bunch of years in Colorado where the air's thinner, the ball travels further. Right, right, right. But he was a great hitter everywhere he went, started his career in Montreal. And, uh, yeah, well-deserving. I loved watching his reaction because uh, he actually sent out a tweet early in the day that he was expecting not to get in. Wow, and uh, he was prepared to not get in, and they have a video of him receiving the phone call, and just amazing to see him and his family react to, you know, ten years of waiting mm-hmm. uh, to see if he's going to get in. And the interesting thing will be to watch in the next year. I think both Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are entering their ninth or tenth year of eligibility. Wow, and uh, I think they're. Flirting around sixty percent, 
hmm. of the vote, and they need to get up to 75 to get in. And they're obviously first ballot Hall of Famers yeah. if, uh, if they're not tainted by the, uh, uh, by the drug scandal. Yeah. But the, my whole thing with this thing, and not to drag it out again, and, and I'm not saying that cheating is okay, but you never know who's in that did cheat, right? True. So how do you then keep these guys out who put up all the records, uh, like records that probably will never be touched? Uh, how do you keep them out? That's fair, Drew. Well, last little bit on baseball. Did you see the new Toronto Blue Jays uniforms? Love them. Love the powder blue. You love the powder blue? I think it's pretty fitting with the baby blue because we're the baby blue Blue Jays and uh, a bunch of young guys we got. So I think that's pretty cool. Okay, Drew, let's get into some basketball talk. Tonight was pretty cool. Uh, we had some good uh, – it was a big slate tonight in the NBA. Uh, the two games that stick out to me was obviously Raptors, Sixers, great rivalry, and then the debut of Zion Williamson. This guy yeah. – this guy just went off in the fourth quarter. And the thing that stuck out to me was that he drained four from four from downtown. This, right. this, like, oh my goodness. Like, if this guy can shoot, the league is in trouble, is what I'm saying. I don't think right now this year is going to matter too much for the Pelicans. I think they're a little too far out to make the playoffs. But Zion, if he can shoot, the way he can dominate and stay healthy, if he stays healthy, that team is up and coming. They're scary. Uh, they're going to be tough come next year with Brandon Ingram emerging. Lonzo Ball is like picking it up, getting those triple yeah. doubles. And defensively, yeah. he's actually playing very nicely. And yeah. Josh uh, Hart. Josh Hart, man. And led by Drew Holiday. Like he's showing his great leadership. Pelicans looking nice. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I and like tonight I had a hockey game and I came out of the came out of the game, checked the stats. He was at five points. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty disappointing. But I wasn't really expecting much out yeah. of his first game. And I'm chatting on the phone with you on my on the way home, and all of a sudden you say he's got 22 points. I'm like, there's no way he has 22 points. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. He went. He drains he went fourth, off, man. 17 points in a row. Yeah. They left him open, but I don't know why for that many threes. But he hit them. That's he huge. Hit him. He's got he's got double the amount of three pointers as Ben Simmons this year. So <laughs> take that in. Yeah. All right. Another cool thing that's kind of happened with the sports reverence is uh, thank you for everyone who's been following on our Instagram and and voting on our Insta stories. We had we've had an NBA player that's been involved in all of our voting and uh, involved in all of our Insta story polls. And it's pretty interesting. Torian Prince, a uh, player for the Brooklyn Nets, we had a pretty interesting question. Um, I put up a stat on the story, on the Insta story that showed the record with the Brooklyn Nets winning with Kyrie Irving. I believe they were... Do you remember the stats at all, Drew, actually? What they were? No. The record with Kyrie Irving uh, playing is uh, they're below 500. And with Kyrie out, they're at 500. And 
I put uh, I put that on there. I said, is Kyrie the problem? And Torian Prince actually voted on that, and he said yes. So there's some legitimate drama. This is like real media stuff from the sports servants. There's legitimate drama that is happening in Brooklyn. And uh, this came after, just after Kyrie Irving called out, um, after he sat out on Martin Luther King Day, uh, he sat out and then called out a bunch of his teammates saying that we don't have enough talent to actually compete with the best in the league. And he named the teammates that need to stay. And he didn't name Torian Prince. He didn't name Jared Allen. He didn't name Joe Harris. And this all came afterwards. And now there's this drama in Brooklyn. So, Drew, is Kyrie Irving, is he... Do you think he's the problem in Brooklyn? Do you think he's the problem throughout his career in the spots he's been at? Yeah, well, I think that's... That's... The proof is in just what you see. Like when, when Kyrie Irving's uh, leaned on to be the number one star on a team, he shrinks. Yeah. Like in Cleveland, they were they were a bottom. I think they were a bottom team. They got Andrew Wiggins when he was, uh, when he was the number one player in Cleveland. He was still young then. He also struggled uh, with injury in his first few years. Yeah, and but still, but you're I right. think I think you see it with his attitude too. Like, um. He couldn't mesh with uh, Brad Stevens in Boston, who nope. I think is a pretty player-friendly coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think he's a unbelievable talent, but I think he's a guy that needs that second star and uh, or to be the second star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a better way of putting it. He needs to be the second star. And yeah. he flourishes in that in that spot. We saw it in Cleveland when they won the championship, and uh, I think we'll see it when Durant gets back. Like Kyrie could be maybe the most skilled offensive player. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's insane that like, like even though through all of this drama, like obviously to me, yes, you're right. I think it. If it walks like a duck, it talks like a duck, it's a duck, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyrie is still probably, before his career is over, is going to win another championship. And he has all this like drama and, and moodiness towards him. But if it's working for Kyrie, like, I don't know. Like, when you get Kevin Durant back, like, they're going to be, who's stopping them in yeah. the East? I don't know. Yeah, but Durant's a top, top one to two player in yeah. the NBA. Like, hundred uh, percent. But I feel like Kyrie thinks of himself as in that conversation as top one to two players yeah. in the NBA, and that's where the conflict comes in. Yeah, definitely, and he definitely. And I think is his not... I think his ego gets gets shot at when he's leaned on to be a number one. Yeah, and his teams fall short. He might still put up numbers, but overall team goes down and like last year the nets were better with d'angelo russell than they were with Kyrie. yeah they were a great story last year yeah so that's like that's pretty interesting like they're 18 and 24 right now they're in the eighth seed and they're probably safe there because the rest of the east is so bad like the pistons are next in line at 17 and 28 they're 18 and, and 24. So, And Boston might look better with Kemba. 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Boston's looking really nice. And they're still gelling and getting better. Boston's pretty good. Um, so, I don't know, man. If if Kyrie... I guess once Kevin Durant's there, like, it's... A, everyone knows who's the alpha and who's the who's the second yeah. guy, right? So, But then once he gets back, does Kyrie... Like more being, drama? Right. Does he like, want I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of another example, like, like sports wise, like I'm I'm thinking Antonio Brown, wow. right? Like, like uh, when Juju started getting attention, and uh-huh. they had uh, they had a vote in house of who was the most valuable player. Like, yeah. the Steelers yeah. had their own team vote, and they voted Juju, <laughs> and that's sort of what started the the downfall of Antonio Brown. There, I think he, his ego gets shot. Like he's super talented, one of the best receivers in the league. And he just yeah. can't handle the fact that it's better for him that there's another star there. Yeah. Taking taking some of the attention away, taking some of the defense away. And I think that's sort of what I think of when I think of Kyrie. Like, super talented. Um, but can you win with him as a number one? And I, I think that's been proven that you can't. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think you can with him as a number one. Antonio Brown is like, it's a little different with football, obviously, because it's so much more team. And they still, like, Antonio Brown was their number one when they won that Super Bowl, right? So, um, and Kyrie, Kyrie was arguably arguably the best player in the playoffs. When, yeah, that's what I was going to say. When, when Cleveland won, I think he hit the big shot at the end, right? Yeah, he hit the big shot. And for the other rounds, he was probably even better than LeBron, um, or as good for some. And yeah, so it's tough to say, but I just think Antonio Brown has so many other issues. Like he's got an arrest warrant out for him right now. So <laughs> uh, Kyrie hasn't hit that kind of level of crazy. But um, he does think the Earth is flat, though. He does think the Earth is flat. Okay, enough of the Brooklyn Nets talk. What about uh, some NBA trade talk? There's rumors going around. Is Derrick Rose on the move? Apparently, there's talks about him going to the Lakers or to Philadelphia. Which is a better fit in your eyes, and where do you see him going? And or is there another team that you would like him to go to? I think the Lakers are a great fit. Like I didn't even think of him when we talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. We're talking about getting a point guard that can. Uh, he's developed a pretty good mid to three point range shot. Yeah, yeah, over he's these very past consistent. couple of years. Yeah. Um, he's a uh, like people forget how good Derrick Rose was. Oh yeah, and uh, he's showing that he's still he's still a good player in this league. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it'd work in Philly. Like Philly just seems to have a bunch of good players that don't fit together. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about this earlier and Simmons and Embiid, like it's almost better when one of them's off the floor. Yeah. Uh, because their games don't mesh because Simmons can't shoot. And maybe, maybe Derek Rose would fit in there nicely. Um, get Simmons off Sim- the ball more. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know how that would work either, right? Because Derrick Rose drives dishes like Simmons isn't going to take shots. True. So I don't know if it works there either. But 
I think the Lakers are a good fit. I don't want him to go there because I don't like the Lakers. But um, yeah, like yeah. I could see him. Yeah, I think probably the Lakers would be a better fit. But I could see him being effective on the Sixers, like another person who can create his own shot. They right. don't really have that. Josh Richardson, spot-up shooter. Tobias Harris, for the most part, spot-up. And I guess he can uh, he, he can make his own shot, but he just doesn't... He's not that guy for you. Um, Maybe even the Clippers. Clippers? Yeah, that'd be... That'd be interesting. The Clippers, hey? Like, how deadly would that be? Yeah. Because I... I know you love Patrick Beverly, but but I like I, Patrick Beverly coming off your bench better than a starter. Yeah, exactly, hundred percent, hundred percent. But they also have Landry Shamit, who's been playing pretty good too. Yeah, but if you can get Derrick Rose, yeah, they don't have a who's their true point guard. They don't have one. Yeah, so that's a good, that's a good, good trade pick. That, that gets Kawhi off the ball, like. Because normally, like, if Kawhi or Paul George is in the game, like they're they're more ball dominant, right? And then yeah. that gets them off the ball, opens them up for shots, which they're deadly at. <clears throat> and it also gets the defense thinking about a third guy. True, true. All right. Well, I like those. I like that thought. Um, Masai Ujiri is also talked about uh, going into this playoff run by saying they're going to do their best. They're going to die trying, trying to win. And he's also openly said that he's willing to make some moves to acquire some better talent and talked about having disposable first-round picks and second-round picks as well. Um, Is there anything that comes to mind, Drew, about, you know, potential Raptor trades that could be game-changers? Yeah, I I don't know. I think you're the better person to ask about this. I I don't see a guy that can take them to a a championship level team. Like maybe they make a trade, they can make a run, uh, second, third round. But I don't see I don't see this as a team that can compete for a championship this year. So you don't like, think they can compete with? Giannis and the Sixers right now? I don't think so. I, I don't right. think when the teams are at full strength, I don't think um, position by position, I don't think they have guys that can match up at this point. And I love Siakam. He's becoming a star, but I think there's still some development there to be done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. He's in one um, of those... He's in a streak right now where it's he's struggling, so... You can and, see that. And I think we're in a great position to be competing, but still I'd rather keep those picks because I think two, three years down the road, get the uh, Kyle Lowry contract done. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're going to have lots of cap space with young guys that are drafted by the Raptors, brought up by the Raptors. Like, I think it's going to be a team... A deadly team coming up. Yeah, I, 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 for me, I still think I'm on the, I'm not there yet. I want to see how they do. 
I think we can compete with the top in the East. I think one more piece that would that we if we could add one more piece that is more than just a bench guy, um, we would have a better shot. Obviously, I think we could move a couple draft picks in the OG for someone. Um, I'm trying to think of like players that. Um, players that basically want out of their situation and there's been a few that have come up now there's been a few like uh bradley beal just expressed he wants out even though he just signed that extension um the minnesota timberwolves they're they're ready for a blow up because everyone's unhappy um so there's some players there phoenix suns are talking about getting devin booker if there's the right trade which, like, I'm pretty sure they're asking for the world, which makes sense. Maybe uh, D'Angelo Russell. Would you ever want D'Angelo Russell? I don't think so. I I think he's a stats stuffer, but I don't think I don't no, think he's a guy you can win. No with. ice in his veins, you know. You know, I'm not a big fan of D'Angelo. I I, I see him as a pretty selfish player, like. Oh. I, I see him as a guy that's out for his stats. And, really? Uh, Didn't you just praise the Brooklyn Nets last year? Yeah, yeah, it was a great story. And they had he, a lot. They have a lot of talent on that team. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I yeah, some players with their stats, I I just feel like it's a selfish way of getting stats. I don't know. Like it's sort of no, like yeah, the Russell Westbrook no, effect. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, that's another conversation too. Uh, they're in a. That's a team that's in trouble. The Houston Rockets um, have lost four straight. Harden's throwing up bricks, like bricks on bricks. Uh, yeah. Westbrook's actually kill, killing it right now. And um, I don't know. Did they actually win tonight? Um, did they play tonight? Yeah. They. Uh, oh yeah. They beat Denver tonight. So they snapped their. Their four-game losing streak tonight. So, um, but they're in a heap of trouble. I think can they basically have one style of how to play? Their 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 plan A is to jack trays, get in transition, play a little bit of defense, and if that doesn't work, they literally have no other plan, and they seem to be in trouble. I don't know what they can add, like. Portland addressed some of their issues. Like they went and got uh, Trevor Ariza. I think that's a great pickup for them. Um, great pickup for their playoff push, and I think they have a shot at getting into that eighth spot. Because um, I don't think Memphis can sustain it. Because I don't think Memphis is that good. But um, the Rockets, I, I think they need a, a Trevor Ariza kind of like player. They're missing that three and D wingman that can cover multiple positions. And um, maybe that's where we can snake someone from them. I don't know how, but yeah. Do you want like an Eric Gordon? I if if Eric Gordon's healthy, he's money. Um, and I do like Eric Gordon, but uh, I'd rather have a. <laughs> obviously, I'd rather have a Bradley Beal than Eric Gordon. Like, yeah. what are we gonna give up? Is Eric Gordon that much better than any of our bench guys that play two guards? Like Norman Powell's balling out right now. He's 
Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, who can you go out? Because the only reason why you'd go out and get somebody right now is if you think you can win a championship this year. And if you can't, I think our bench guys are young enough and good enough to make a playoff push and still be better for next year. Yeah, like I just don't see the Toronto Raptors bench. Like we've had the few that we've brought up over time, like Norm and and uh, now Freddie, Pascal. Um, they came from our G League, and they're incorporated into starters. Yeah, OG. Well, OG was yeah. OG's drafted. I'm not sold on OG right now. OG's making me upset um, the way he's been playing. Um, but OG could be intriguing to a team like I don't know, maybe the Lakers or the uh, a Western playoff team because he's a three and D kind of player, and uh, we kind of need a guy like who can create his own shot and score kind of player. Um, yeah. The thought I had, most people, I don't know if most people would even agree with me, is that uh, OG for Kyle Kuzma trade. Um, we give up a defensive wing to pick up an offensive wing. And it would fit both teams, I think, perfectly. Where we have Kuzma coming off the bench scoring or being a starter and taking OG's spot. And for the Lakers, another 3 and D guy that can help contain the monster of Kawhi and Paul George because yeah. right now no one else can there. So, Or would you go, like, I don't know if they would do this, like, just going back to the Houston, like, if you give up OG and, I don't know, like, one of our young power forwards we have there, mm-hmm. like, if we get Tucker and Gordon. <sighs> yeah, that's... Because PJ Tucker was money for us when he was, and he's, like, yeah, he's, he's a defensive tuned beast now too. His corner three percentage is incredible. He's finely tuned. Yeah, he can he'll, he can take on like guarding anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a bulldog. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to say. Uh, we, losing OG and taking PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon, we just give up. Like I hate giving up length. Um, but I understand it. Like, I would, I would consider, I would consider that for sure. Let's move on, Drew. Um, right. Enough NBA talk. Let's talk a little bit about NHL. Uh, who's, in your opinion, okay? Right now, the Vancouver Canucks are the best Canadian hockey team right now. Um, where do you think they'll finish? And are they? Do you think they're Canada's top hockey team right now? Well, this might get a bit controversial for some of our BC friends, um, but right, right. yeah, the Vancouver Canucks are a great story this year. They're playing good. They're top of their division, mm-hmm. but when you look at the divisions, they're in by far the weakest division in hockey. Yeah. Like they have 58 points. That's top of their division. But when you look at the other division winners, you got 68 points, 71 points, and 70 points. Like, like they're 12 points behind almost every other division winner. Mm-hmm. And you look at their goal differential, like way lower than all the other division winners or division leaders right now. Um, 
there's only one point separating them and the Maple Leafs. Obviously, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. Like, I don't, and they they've been playing really bad lately. But yeah, like, I think they're the top right now. Do they stay there? I'm not sold on that. But when I look at their division, I don't see anyone who will overtake them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think um, because of their weak division is what puts them in that spot. Are they the most talented um, Canadian hockey team? I don't think so. Um, And following their track record, will they quote-unquote wet the bed by the time the the season's done? I think so. And that's coming from a Jets fan who is also the team is in a downward spiral right now. But trade deadline's coming up. Break's coming up this weekend, NHL All-Star break. That's always a chance for... They get a week off now. They get a chance to recuperate, you know, turn things around. This is when it happens. So... Who finishes, in your opinion, as the top Canadian team? Um, like, are you talking points wise, or like, because, like I said, I think Vancouver will win their division just because. I'm talking in terms of the best chance at winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't know. Like, obviously, selfishly, I want to say the Leafs, but I don't think that's true. Um, with the injury of like Riley and that's going to be tough. Yeah. Because I thought they addressed their weaknesses with the Tyson Berry trade, mm-hmm. um, for Nazem Kadri. Uh, like they're relying so much on Freddie Anderson. They need, it would be nice to have a backup goalie who could stop a puck, but we yep. don't have that right now. So mm-hmm. I think Freddie's going to be burnt out by playoff time. Um, yeah, I like. I like what Edmonton has. Connor McDavid is, yeah, I think the best player in the NHL. Um, just unstoppable speed when he gets going. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jets have been really disappointing this year. Uh, and I don't know, like, is Dustin Bufflin ever coming back? I don't know. And That's Vegas the rumor mill. The rumor like, mill, he's on his way. Yeah, but what kind of shape is he going to be in when he gets back? Extra out of shape. <laughs> Extra out of shape. Like, he's always out of shape. But Yeah. So, like, I hate to say the Vancouver Canucks. I don't even really want to say it, but. I want to. Probably I was thinking Vancouver Edmonton, Canucks. man. I was thinking Edmonton. Um, yeah, they're pretty good. Connor McDavid, man. Yeah. If you're going by who has the best player, for sure. But hockey is so much more than one guy. It's not like basketball. Which so. team's built better for playoffs? Mm. The Oilers or the Canucks? Hmm. Like, I think the Oilers have picked up some players that, like, James Neal's there. Uh He's a a proven playoff player, like, guy that's been deep into the playoffs before. Um, I just don't really trust their goaltending 
all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Canucks, like their goaltending's been been pretty solid. Like Markstrom's been a been a really good, really good goalie. Demko is young, but still like over ninety percent save percentage. I'd take that any day of the week for a backup goalie. True. And uh, Patterson over a point a game, and they've got some uh, they got some good players in there. Like uh, even. Pearson, uh, he was with the Kings. Uh, uh, Tyler Myers is there. I know people in Winnipeg don't really like Tyler Myers, but I I always thought he was a solid defenseman. Yeah, I like Tyler Myers too. Like they've got, I I think they are built uh, with some playoff experience. JT so Miller. Answer the question, Drew. Okay, Vancouver. Vancouver. That okay. pains me to say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. But you, congratulations, Josh Raychuk and Justin Lefebvre. I just yes. said Vancouver. I'm saying Raychuk. I like Raychuk. Um, I'm going with Edmonton. I think they're going to finish as the best Canadian team um, when the playoffs are said and done. Um, but I'm obviously rooting for my Jets. You know, we're going to turn it around. Dustin Bufflin. Every day I'm yeah. Bufflin. It's coming back. Yeah, and and just to give a little shout-out to the Flames, like, yeah, they're 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 positioned really well. I think they've got the best goaltending out of the Canadian teams, Talbot and Riddick. Like, and uh, they've got guys that can do it. I think I think still, like Mike Giordano seems to be always one of the most overlooked defensemen in the league. He's still kicking around there. Johnny Hockey, I love watching Matthew Kachuk play. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be one of those three teams. Like they're all within a point of each other in the same division. So the Canucks, Oilers, and Flames. One of those teams will be positioned to to get out of the first round for sure. <laughs> so Canada is not coming back. The Cup's not coming back to Canada this year. Is what you're saying? Not likely. Okay. I won't say no, but not likely. On that note. Let's go to what I've been waiting to talk about. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. It's like one of my You don't favorite want to talk about the Pro Bowl? Of the year. The Pro Bowl? Well, <laughs> it's about as significant as the NHL All-Star game we didn't really mention at all because that's happening this weekend. I'm just um, kidding. I never watched the Pro Bowl. You know what? Actually, the Pro Bowl, back in the heyday of like Brett Favre and and. All those guys. It was pretty cool. They used to do this, like, I don't know if they still do it, but they they take which QB, then they do, like, who can bomb it the longest. And, like, it was it, it was awesome because they were actually competitive. They were chirping each other. Like, yeah. Like, I like watching the dodgeball game. Yeah, that's, that's pretty like cool. Watching. Yeah, the dodgeball game is pretty cool. But any, anyways, back to the real the real game, the Super Bowl. We got the number two defense in the San Francisco 49ers and the number two offense in the in the Kansas City Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Jimmy Garoppolo. We got the running game for the San Francisco. Um, you got all the weapons there you can name in Kansas City. Um, yeah. Who do you uh, got? Richard, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. <laughs> That is back. And Tyron Matthew on the other side. Man, this is, like, this is drama central. This is going to be such a good Super Bowl. And 
of course, we get to listen to J-Lo and Shakira at the halftime. I'm so excited. Yes. And um, <laughs> it's honestly, the only reason my wife's going to watch. Yeah, same with mine. Anything's better than last year's. So, um, Drew Martin, who do you think is winning this year's Super Bowl? Oh, man. Like, I'm just so excited to watch. Like, it's actually such a good matchup. And it's not the Patriots. Yeah, that's that's what makes it even better. But yes. um, uh, I've I've gone back and forth with this, um, but I think it's gonna it's got to be the Chiefs. I think when you just break it down, what Mahomes has done the last couple weeks in the playoffs, unbelievable. Twenty eight points in this in one quarter. Yeah, like like who does that? Nobody. No one. And um, I know San Francisco had the number one pass defense in the league. Um, but I think their secondary corners have been exposed uh, in the playoffs if you can get your quarterback enough time. Because uh, San Francisco's rush defense is unbelievable. Like they're, they're, uh, Best their defensive game. line. Four first-rounders on that defensive line. Uh, Nick Bosa is an absolute beast. Just but a monster. With Kansas City... He may be DPO. Yeah, like, for sure, rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. And, uh, like, just unreal. But I think uh, just watching uh, Kansas City's offensive line, I think they'll be able to give Mahomes enough time to find the receiver who's not covered by Richard Sherman. Um, and they have so many weapons. Like last week, you even saw Devontae, Parker, or Devontae Adams still had a great game. Um, but with Hill and Watkins and Kelsey, like they'll be able to get him enough time to get to his secondary, third uh, receivers, even dumping off to Damian Williams. I think they just have too much firepower um, that I don't think San Francisco will be able to keep up with that with the improved defense of Kansas City. Is their defense that improved? Is Can the Kansas City... That's the question. It couldn't get much worse than last year. That's true. That's true. But can they hold down Jimmy Garoppolo um, Jimmy enough? Garoppolo hasn't done anything in the playoffs. <laughs> He only he had to throw for 77 <laughs> yards. <laughs> well, if you if you can run the ball with Mostert for like 220 yards and four touchdowns, Mahomes would do that too. He'd just give it to Damian Williams and yeah, do that. But I think I think the big point for Kansas City is that this past week Chris Chris Jones was back. Yeah, huge. Which makes a huge difference huge, to right? to the run defense. Yeah, because they're the worst run defense in the league, yeah. or one of the worst. 28th, I think they were ranked. And it looks um, like Tevin Coleman will be – he'll probably play, but he's coming off like a – think a dislocated shoulder. Um, so he's going to be, you know, banged up. It's going to be – this is going to be such a good Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Like like I said, like I think Chris Jones is the difference maker for the Kansas City – Kansas City's defense stopping the run. But – if San Francisco can establish the run, I said the same thing about the Titans this past week. If they could establish the run early, which they couldn't get going, um, I think 
they could make it close. But with Mahomes' magic back there, like there's no lead too big that he That's can't. That's true. He's just going to be firing. And if he can't find anybody, we saw his escapability. That touchdown that he ran for was just unbelievable. Oh yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm, but I'm but I'm still like falling back. I'm going back and forth because I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and I see like it pains me to say say this, but I see so much of Tom Brady. I see he wins. He consistently wins. When he started for the Patriots, he was two and zero. Went to San Fran, goes five and zero, gets hurt. Uh, the team goes what four and 13 without him the next year or whatever or what like from the time he was hurt till he comes back four and 13 um then this the following year is this he's taking them to the super bowl he wins it doesn't mean he puts up the best numbers he's still solid he what three how many times has he thrown for three touchdowns in a game this year quite often um, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards very often this year. I think three times only, twice against Arizona. But whatever it is, he gets the job done. He wins. He he knows how to manage the game in a great way. I don't think he's he's probably at the same stage Tom Brady was when Tom Brady went from he Tom Brady went from starting as a game manager and being able to manage his game was able to win a Super Bowl that way. And then went to being more elite. Jimmy Garoppolo seems to me to be on that same path, and they keep winning. So now this is the, they both. This is so new. They're both in the Super Bowl first time. Who's gonna? Basically, who do you trust under the the pressure, the the lights of the the Super Bowl? The when it comes, if it comes down to a fourth quarter uh, drive, is it gonna be a Garoppolo drive or a Mahomes drive? Do you trust either one of them to take it into the end zone? You probably trust them both. Um, but that's what I'm just saying. If, if their defense can... You can't stop the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think any defense can. can. But can they contain them enough for Jimmy Garoppolo to keep them in, in close enough and bring them to a to final drive? Like That's what makes me nervous. I think... Uh, yeah. I'm very much cheering for Kansas City. I very much will put my like my. I think they're gonna win Kansas City, but it's not gonna be any kind of cakewalk. I think by the end of the game, it could be a high-scoring game, 34 to 31, Kansas City. At the end of the game, it'll be like, okay, Patrick Mahomes won, but Jimmy Garoppolo still. You know, he's the real deal. The San Fran's here to stay. That's my thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it will be interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see what style of game Kyle Shanahan chooses to go with. Yeah. Because um, they didn't really, they didn't have to get their passing game involved exactly. last week. Um, if he has but, it his way, it'll be a slow, slow running Running game, right? But and that's what I love about that's what I love about San Francisco's players. Like even you talk to George Kittle, who's a great great receiving tight end. Yeah. But he loves he loves run blocking. Like that's like you talk to him post game, they say, Oh, you only had a couple catches today. He's like, But did you see the blocks I made? <laughs> like Exactly. And that's what 
some people say George Kittle is more valuable than Travis Kelsey because of his blocking skills. Yeah. And that that's another great drama add to the thing. The two top tight ends in the game off versing off. Who's going to have a better game? Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Well, it depends what you mean by better game, right? Like I think I think Travis Kelsey will have more targets, more receptions. Mm-hmm. But Kittle has such an effect on the running game and that whole offensive line of San Francisco. Like they got two of the best tackles, they got two Pro Bowl tackles, mm-hmm. and then you put Kittle as sort of an extra tackle on the outside of the box. Like yeah, I think the San Fran it's, defense. It's just such is also, a great matchup. Yeah, San Fran defense is I think built to be able to stop a guy like Kelsey, but will struggle with a Watkins because Hill will tie up um Richard Sherman, right? So a guy yeah, like but, Watkins or a guy like even McCole Hardman might break one. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I say even dumping one off to like Damian Williams is a good good yeah. receiving back too, right? If they get get those screen pass going and uh but yeah, I'm just excited to watch watch the game. I'm yeah, I'm excited too. Another 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 side story is the Andy Reid uh perspective that he can't win the big games, right? So True. Same with Shanahan, I, right? Yeah, but he was still young. He was the was he not the coordinator for the Falcons? Yeah. He was yeah. the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in their twenty eight three blood. When they could have when they could have just ran the ball and Yeah, why why didn't they just run the ball more? I don't know. Then they got sacked and out of field goal range. <laughs> uh, so much drama in this Super Bowl game. It's gonna be fun. Drew, what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna post our uh, on our Insta story or Insta whatever. Um, we're, they have these like prop bet sheets where you can choose who wins the coin toss, who wins the uh, who's gonna have the first touchdown, what color is gonna be. I don't know the Gatorade they pour out on the coach when they win. Um, it's a little fun thing that we can do. Let's do a little contest, and uh, we'll put uh, we'll put something on the line for a contest, and uh, we'll post it and give others a chance to put enter in on the contest. How about that? Do I get to enter? Yeah, we both enter. We're <laughs> awesome. we both we both enter. See if people can actually beat us. And on top of that, we'll, well put they're something gonna on beat the, us. Well, we don't know. <laughs> we're no experts, Drew, but we're yeah. the sports reverend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. We have streamlined media from from actual NBA players voting on our Insta polls. Okay. Yeah, we're a pretty big deal. We're a pretty big deal. We have to a couple fi- people to the fifteen listeners. To, we hey to a couple of those people that have Both blue of them check are marks. Our moms, right? <laughs> no, my mom does not know how to work Spotify. Um, um, but there are a couple blue check marks beside some of our followers. I'm just saying, just saying. Don't it out there. Drew, why don't you tell us a little bit about your life? What's going on? Uh, well, it's been pretty pretty busy around here in our house. Uh, you know, the, the sicknesses have come through our house with the cold weather and the kids have been sick, so I've been at home taking care of them. Uh, but yeah, we're we're getting getting excited about this new year, getting excited about uh, stuff happened at the church and and uh, some of the young families starting to come out and um, the hockey team I've been coaching 
you know, we've been a little like the Jets, where we either Slump. win, we either win big or we lose big. So um, the coach is is the coach on the hot seat? I think the coach is on the hot seat. I, I don't know. <laughs> No, well, the Jets but, coach definitely is. Yeah. But yeah, I've been having such a good time getting to know these boys and uh, yeah, getting to share with them when I can. And, and uh, yeah, it's been a good time. It's good, Drew. Yeah, for for myself, uh, it's been uh, it's been fun as well. Just continuing on our grind of of uh, our Urban Hope Mentorship Program and in downtown Toronto and and making a difference as best as we can. Uh, the one, one thing besides our Urban Hope program that I've been excited about is just formulating the idea of our uh, the Sports Reverend's audio book or whatever we're going to call it when it comes out. We've been talking to a few different other Sports Reverends and getting them on board and and uh, getting them to share a little bit about their sports stories and... and uh, how that affected their lives and what sports means to them. And uh, they're all coming up with some different uh, topics that, that, that work for them. And I know there's some potential uh, people you've been talking to. And it's I think it's just really going to come together really well. I think I want to call it the gospel of sports. Um, <laughs> but we'll figure that out, the good news of sports, you know. And uh, we'll uh, just put in a little teaser out there for our seven listeners. And, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, that's all I got, you. Yeah, good. it's gonna be fun. Can we get a shout out to uh, one of our celebrity pastors that we're trying to get on here too? Can we can we switch it up because Craig Groeschel is just not answering the call. Craig Groeschel is not answering our call. I've even tweeted uh, at him. <laughs> Why don't we? Uh, he, he's not really. He's, he's not quite a celebrity, but I look up to him. He's he's my cousin actually. His name's uh, Troy Martin. He's Troy a pastor. Martin. Troy Martin, he's in uh, Encinitas, California, Ooh. and uh, yeah, big basketball guy. Uh, he's a Chicago sports fan. Um, would love to get him on. His son Trevin is uh, is a big basketball star in in California. He's one of the high school all stars down there. Nice. Uh, look, looking to get scholarship offers for college, and would love to pick his brain about. Uh, faith in sports and and how that affected his life so let me shout him out let's Cousin get him on troy martin let's get him on cousin troy we're coming we're coming for you i also think we should get carl lentz on the show yeah you know carl lentz yeah he That's uh awesome. he he played division one basketball for maryland yeah you're telling me that That's crazy i i couldn't believe it he's a uh so he's a little guy and he's like I seen him. He's posted some uh, videos on his Instagram story of his pickup games. He's got these. He's got nice, just like silky handles and and just dropping dimes. He looks like a, a Jason Kidd or a Steve Nash out there. It's, it's... Or a Daniel Shannon. Oh, <laughs> hey. there's only one, the only. That's me. All right. Yeah. Spicy. All right, world. Love you guys. See y'all soon. Peace. Peace.